The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Feel it coming in the air. Yeah. And there's screams from everywhere. Yeah. I'm addicted to the truth. It's a dangerous Stop. love affair. Can't be scared when it goes down. Got a problem, tell me Stop. now. Only thing that's on my mind is who gonna this town tonight. Hey, welcome to the Formulas for Sports Talk. It is a Tuesday morning. It's a great day here in Arizona. We are in Phoenix. Arizona. Uh, just a couple months ago, we were a block away and we were in Tempe. I know. And it's, it's a scary it's, thing. Yeah, that, yeah. That, that, and by this afternoon, when the winds kick in, we may be in Mesa so. <laughs> or we, Tucson. We may be in Mesa. <laughs> I got two mics on today in front of me because I don't know if they can hear me. I don't know if they're loud enough. We have a we have a good show for you, but you know, uh, Deb, you had something going on this weekend. You did a, a speaking engagement. I did. I was down at uh, Coach Zahner's. Uh, uh, actually, his combine for kickers, punters, and snappers. These were guys who are seniors in college that are uh, going into their pro days and such. So it was interesting to um, talk to them about nerves and stress and what it does to your body and your performance and uh, a little bit about e-imagination and the strategic aspect of, you know, taking... I like the imagination. Yeah, well, I mean, I take it to a deeper level of using not only neuro-linguistic programming but also light hypnosis and involve their words um, in making sure that you know, we can get, get past the conscious mind into the subconscious. When you were talking to the kids, did they even do they even think about stuff like that on their level? Nobody reached them to say, okay, you're an athlete, you can play. Here's why you're in camp, or you're in camp to be known a little more, or get more exposure. But do they do they have any clue, any idea about the aspect, the other aspects of the game? They do. Some of them do. Depends on who you're talking to. I mean, it was interesting. Uh, a couple of them came. I almost like you know held class after class, meaning there was guys in the hallway standing around. We were talking for quite Just a while. Like, which is cool. i got to say something to it before we get out of here. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So we had a little extra class afterwards. But some of these guys are working with uh, people uh, on the mental aspect of the game or EFT, which is a tapping and, you know, those type of things, which is great. Uh, but it was fun with one guy who was sitting kind of mid where there's about 60, 70 guys in the room. And... Uh, he talked about uh, positive language, and I said, I don't believe in positive language or positive thinking. I believe in it, and I believe in positive language when it's believed in. <clears throat> and I made an example of, uh, he said his, his positive statement was like, you know, I'm a great kicker. <laughs> so I walked right up to him and got in his face. And Me I, too, and I can't kick a lick. Yeah, and I asked him, I said, you know, do you really believe that? And it was interesting to watch his whole body back away from me. I was like, man, if you, if you believe in it, you're not backing down from me. You're right. coming, you know. Exactly. So I asked him a few more times, and finally I could see the emotions kick in, and his body moved forward, and his head started nodding yes. And I says, all right, now I believe you. Up until this point, it was just words. Well, you know what? It, it, exactly. It's mm. just words. People, yeah. Thanks for sharing. And, and, with the, and a lot of stuff, and we, we talk in sports, we talk in young guys, uh, mm. but this, this carries over to professional athletes. Absolutely. It sounds good to say. It sounds good to say a, a lot of things. Mm. Um, 
you know, if you think you believe in it, but once somebody asks you a question about it yeah. with no ill intentions to it, <laughs> but really, do you really believe that? You, right. you can see them start backing away. You see their, you see their body change, uh, and it's just crazy that put more thought into it. Exactly. Am we'll put, really, it, put more emotion into it. More, yeah, yeah. Am I really a Am I really a good kicker? And what's making me a good kicker? Right. Because then, from that point, I would have gone into if I were working with him as a client, as to well, what's your evidence? Yeah. You know, tell me what your evidence is. You know, so he can really the mind and the emotions can really pick up on it and begin to believe it. So he can take that out on the field and use it as opposed to just bragging rights that mean nothing. Right. Okay, well, um, yeah, well, this weekend, what did I do? I was at the, uh, I did the football camp, the yeah. football university. That was good. It's, it's, it's long. It was different this, <laughs> it was different this time. We had three days on Saturday instead of two. Uh-huh. But I thought the kids had a good time. It's a, it's a, you know, it's a football camp uh, across the country. It goes every weekend. Sometimes the F- they, FBU? FBU, football yeah. university. It was yeah. great to come out and watch it too. You were doing good. Yeah, it was fun. Mm-hmm. I, I just have fun doing it. But, uh, it was me and Chris Dishman running the defense back. I said, go ahead, Chris. He wanted to, he wanted to talk a whole lot. I said, "Go ahead," but he had the most times I have the uh, I have the uh, high school the varsity guys, and, right? And uh, but this weekend I had the youth guys. And when I first started doing it about three years ago, you know the youth that's the first group I had, and I like the youth because they still they're excited about it. They want to mm-hmm. go out there and do what you uh, coach, do what you're teaching. The uh, the thing about it is though they don't pay a whole lot of attention in class. Right. <laughs> they just want to play football. They just want right. to get to the the football, the action. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I tell them I break them down. And we by the end of the um, by the end of the weekend they understand this classroom is more important or just as important as being out on the field. Right. Um, but in this, most times the varsity guys, the high school guys, they think they know it all. Because mm-hmm. somebody oh, yeah. tell them they was good for past four years, they think they've already arrived, and yeah. it's not haven't even touched the surface. Yeah, that's the thing. They don't they don't get it at that age yet that yeah. they're just barely scratching the surface. So just because you can walk out on the field and put a uniform on doesn't mean you can play football. Absolutely. Yeah. I was on the um I was on a radio show here over here at Voice America, um, Jen and Al. It was a good mm. show. Um Realty and Golf. It was pretty good. <laughs> it it's was laid good. By. They it were, was fun to listen to. They were they are good. I'm yeah. I I can go on their show. Uh it's one of those one of those shows where you go up there and you relax. Um yeah. and it's a golf show as far as uh uh, realtor stuff, uh, homes on golf courses, things right. of that nature. But, you know, they talk across the board. When I first started, when I first heard you want to be on the show as a golf show, you know, I'm thought, I'm thinking, we're going to talk about Roy McElroy, we're going to talk about Tiger. Right. It's just, it's just the opposite. I mean, those conversations can come up and, and they'll entertain them, but I like the format that they were going in. And, that, and when I was on the show, I was thinking of you. Now, uh, Jen asked me about you. Say, who was that lady uh, on my yeah, show? Yeah, I, I heard her. You you talk nice about me. I appreciate that. Well, I was trying to get some brownie points. Because they, <laughs> they're good people, and then I'm still in your uh, services anyway. <laughs> <laughs> That'll work. That'll work. But no, it was a fun show to listen to, and uh, I'm curious. Did you get that golf club fixed up that uh, was I, your putter? You know what, did? We had uh, another guy on the show, uh, Mark, over at um, Cool Clubs. He used to own Hot Sticks. Yeah. Uh, but then, you know, business is business, so I think he sold that. And uh, created cool clubs, mm-hmm. which is pretty much the same thing, uh, but you have to change the name. Different branding. Different yeah. branding. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah, he's going. He says he's going to take care of me. He says he's going to put a. He's going to put a similar the new putter that's coming out, and then yeah. I painted my putter red. I yeah. spray painted it. 
So I'll, I'll go back to my graffiti days. He's like, gonna say you sound like one of my kids with their uh, skateboards or something out oh, there yeah. painting them up, and yeah. You know. I paint. Well, you know, kids. See, we used to metal flake things in the, in the. This goes back in the day. Yeah, because I don't know what metal flake is. Yeah, well, I can teach you. <laughs> <laughs> we used. To, yeah, I spray painted my put my putter red. It looks good. It's work. It works better. All of a sudden. Oh, of course it does. It's red. That color red. Yeah. It works better. Yeah. I'm trying to get ahead of the curve. But Mark, Mark <laughs> said he'd take care of me. That was good stuff. Good. Um, but yeah, I suggest you to go on that show. Yeah, You'll definitely. Like Definitely, I'll give him a holler. Make a uh, couple of appearances on that show. Yeah. All right, well, I'm thinking of uh, talking about uh, this right here, uh, Randy Moss mm-hmm. or Terrell Owens. You know, if you needed a receiver, which guy would you go to? Because, and, and I give you, um, Randy Moss just retired. But the, the knock on Randy Moss is, you know, he plays when he wants to. Everybody knows that, but teams continue to pick him up. Um, I don't know how a guy with such talent like that decides he's going to play when he wants to. And you would look at him and say, oh, this guy, coming into the league, you would say, this guy probably get a ring. He'd probably be one of the best receivers in the league that ever played the game. Now, he is one of the best, but with that attitude, a lot of you have messed up a whole lot of locker rooms with that type of mentality that I play when I want to. When there's nobody out there that can cover him, but when he just turned, he turned himself into an average receiver, then that messes up the, uh, what we want to do offensively. But then you got Terrell Owens who has a uh, – He's had a couple knee surgery. Mm-hmm. He still, he still has one of the best bodies in the league as far as getting it done physically. He still can go out there and play football. And right now, he's playing. I think he owns part of a um, arena football league, and he's playing in it. And I just saw, I saw a highlight on it last week that he actually caught a touchdown. Mm-hmm. Now, that's, that's cool. That's Reno. Yeah. But well, didn't he football. actually have his own pro day for himself not too long oh, ago? He always has yeah. his own pro day. <laughs> Every day is a pro day for Terrell Owens. Every day. <laughs> Yeah, I, real quickly though, um, what is it? March seventeenth, I want to say March sixteenth. I got a, a pro date. Well, I don't have a pro date. I've been working out Brandon Harden, Oregon State. I think he had pretty good safety, but he had a lot of trials and stuff like that. I've and, been yet, and yet he hasn't called me. Yeah, yeah, he hasn't called. He been, uh, <laughs> he um he has a pro date, so I'm hopefully he do he does well over yeah. there. Good for um, him. But yeah, back to uh, Terrell Owens and uh, Randy Moss. If I need a receiver, I think I go with Terrell Owens. Terrell, I mean, I'm sorry. Randy Moss. Yeah, I was gonna say. Randy Moss hasn't taken a lot of pounding. He hasn't been beat up. He hasn't been carted mm-hmm. off the field. He hasn't had, to my knowledge, any knee surgeries that you know I will have to worry about in, for the next two years. Terrell Owens has had surgeries and broken legs, and but if you come back from like nothing ever happened. Well, this is the thing. It's you know you can have a healthy body. Do you have a healthy mind to go with it? You know, you can have a guy that's injured that can get past the injury and go go back and play like they have never had the injury, but a lot of guys carry that story in the back of their head that causes that little bit of hesitation uh, once they've had an injury because their mind remembers and their emotions remember the injury that remembers the sound and the pain and everything else, and it doesn't want to experience that again. So it just depends on the player and, you know, what are they going to do after an injury. All right, 888-346-9144 if you want to call and join the show with Deborah and myself. Uh, you notice how peaceful and calm the show is right it now. Is. Mm, breathe. Well, we don't have Alex. Alex is turned into a, a waitress. Really? And I mm. say a waitress. I was right. An apron and everything. Yeah. Oh, he's dear. not. A, he's not a waiter. He's turning into a waitress. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's doing some catering. I'm like, who's catering at? What are you catering at ten in the morning? Right. Right. I, I really want to know. Getting ready for a lunch or, yeah. or what? Call in, Alex. Call in if you listen. I'm sure you will listen. But what are you catering in the morning? 
Who are you catering to? I can to understand morning? on a Friday you, you, you do some stuff because people got those half days. They get those dressed down Fridays, right. real laid back in the office. You, you take them some food and they go home. Um, but that's why he's not here. So we have no Clancy Corner second segment, but we got a good show. We're going to talk about the bounties in the NFL, um, the suspension possibly for Greg Williams. Um, right. it, it's going to be crucial. It's going to be crucial for a lot of people in a lot of ways, from management through the players. And as well as the New Orleans Saints, who just worked out a um, Randy Moss. Right. So if they lose draft picks and they can't sign Marquise Colston back and they just franchise uh, Drew Brees. Drew Brees, right. They franchise this guy. How do you franchise Drew Mm. Brees? I mean, hopefully they work out a deal with him. But, you know, this is a guy who changed the whole complexity of New Orleans when when Katrina went on. That's exactly it. And their fans are getting really nervous right now. And you can't forget those things because right now they could be – uh, what's the worst team? They could be like the Pittsburgh Pirates used mm. to be one of the worst baseball teams. And they've made some strides for the past two years. But uh, drastic situations like Katrina and and then you bring in the guy, all of a sudden this one guy, along with a handful of others, changed the face of to bring them hope and life, even right. though it was just a sporting event. But it got them something. So well, it, was, it took their mind off things. Yeah, and he and his wife went beyond just the sporting event too. I mean, they were out in the community doing mm-hmm. a lot of things, and so were some of the other players in that as well. That uh, you know, he's really loved back there, and obviously uh-huh. a great player. So yeah. it's it's going to be and, crucial. And Drew Brees, he is that guy. He yeah. you that's the guy you want around him. He does a lot of things for Avacare, as do I. Mm-hmm. So uh, go to my Avacare website, look it up. Um, <laughs> but no, Drew Brees is a good guy, man. Man, he franchised, and we'll get back more into the New Orleans Saints, and then we'll, we'll work our way into the bounties. Then we'll talk about the uh, Greg Williams. But we do have mm-hmm. down in Derby with Deborah. We this do. is Kwame Lass Sports Talk. We'll be back in the near future. flagship station for sports voice america sports tune in to a show about making a comeback and what really goes on behind the scenes with your favorite athletes and beyond listen for the comeback radio show with tony farmer a lot of people believe what they read on the internet hear and see in the media and on the news we're going to give our guests the chance to tell the real story without the extra hype it's not just sports although that will be a focal point of the program we'll also look at the world of celebrities music modeling and more Listen every Thursday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern, on Voice America Sports. Ready for in-your-face sports? Want to talk about the topics that nobody else is willing to talk about? Either because they're too scared to touch them or just don't think it's the way to go. You're not going to be shy here. Tune in to Here's the Deal with Mega and Steel, featuring Ike Mega Griffin and Sydney Steel Justice. We've got the facts to back up the talk and invite you to join us every Friday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern, just before the weekend on the Voice America Sports Channel. We tell it like it is. to the pros we we cover everything let your voice be heard voice america sports (laughs) 
Welcome back to the Kwame of Sports Talk. That was a long break we were on. Maybe we finished in time because normally we talk through the break Ooh, see, and, and we it. go we go up into the last second. That was our professionalism showing through. Well, Monk said he said 85 seconds, and maybe I should I'm gonna time his 85 seconds. <laughs> see if it's 85 seconds. He maybe he has a different watch than we do. Huh? <laughs> well, we back. We were talking about the um, we were talking about Drew Brees and, and the New Orleans Saints and what the penalties may be called uh, come to this uh, organization. Uh, they did work out Randy Moss. They did have a because uh, they possibly could lose some draft picks. Oh yeah, that's very possible. Now the uh, owner of the team told the uh, general manager uh, cut out the bounties. Right. He knew about the bounties. He didn't cut out the bounties. But first of all, hopefully they do something with Drew Brees. Hopefully they and Drew Brees yeah. is that guy. And I want to get back to the bounties real quick. But Drew Brees is that guy uh, that he would he wouldn't mind the franchise if you can get certain players in here because the ultimate goal is. You win in a championship, and you you putting that state that statement on your career as an mm-hmm. as an athlete. But you also guys like and as we talked before we went off the air, and guys like Drew Brees, that brings a whole other thing to the city. That yeah, brings, it's a whole dimension that right. goes above and beyond an individual. Right. Just yeah. don't look at it as sports. When you you can see the sports, the sports is what it is. That's what you're looking at every mm-hmm. Sunday. That's what you know about the off season workouts, the camps they go mm-hmm. through. Mm-hmm. But when you Look at the guys who are involved and look yeah. what they do in the community. Then you can see the background work to, behind everything right. they're doing and the winning and the losing. Uh, it's a lot of guys that yeah. don't do charity work. And then it's a lot of guys you can find on the field become average players. Yeah, I, I don't know exactly how that balances out, but it is. It's just who you are as a person. Right. Uh, you go out there to get it done. Uh, bounties. Bounties. bounties in, dude. The, uh, the New Orleans Saints had uh, Greg Williams, the defensive coordinator, and he's done this in Washington Redskins while he was there. He's done it in Buffalo while he was there. Um, the interesting part is there's two dynamics to it. One is uh, I want to know what Roger Goodell is going to do, what the suspension is going to do, um, or what the penalty uh, for Greg Williams. But the bounty was that uh, you know he had out. They had money, extra monies. Maybe they raised this money for fines. Maybe they just donated a certain amount. I know... Uh, uh, Vilma, the linebacker there, put up $10,000 to take Brett Favre out. Right. Um, th- there's a whole lot of d- dynamics in, in play with this because there could be a lot of lawsuits involved with this. Oh, there could be anything Tons from taxes from the government to lawsuits from the different teams as to, you yes. know, was that hit a legitimate hit or was it a bounty hit that you were really looking to just take me out? One of the things I thought yeah. about, and you brought it up just now, was the taxes. You, you know, mm-hmm. like a $10,000, if I gave you $10,000... Oh, yeah, where's my where's my W-9 for the that? Government, yeah. yeah, the government wants their money. <laughs> That's they, right, they do. They... They want you to fill out a W-9 for everything. Well, think of a waitress that gets tips. they got to claim it. You know, these guys, when they're betting back and forth, they're supposed to claim it. If you win a lottery, you're supposed to claim it. So there's that whole thing. Well, yeah, who is? Waitress not going to claim it. Well, everything. Yeah, Yeah. you might claim a percentage. Like, that's another dynamic into it is the the, uh, IRS. Right. Taxes involved. But you got guys like Peyton Manning. you got guys like um, who could have played... Brett Favre, who could have played another year or something, but with those mm-hmm. hits, and those hits was violent. They was football is violent anyway. So when I'm looking at it, and from a defense, from my eyes, as a def- from defense uh, perspective, I'm thinking those like that's football. That's what they told us how it, they right. told us to do it. I didn't know the the, the uh, backdrop behind it was uh well if I put this guy out, that's ten thousand dollars. Now ten thousand dollars is ten thousand dollars. Right. Yeah. That's money unaccounted for if you don't claim it. So you can, you know, you do whatever you want with that. But there's a, I know there's, a, we used to 
when I played, there wasn't any bounties because you was going to play that way. We were expected to go out there and play that way anyway. No right. one said. That's your position. Yeah, no one said, you take this guy out. I've never had any ill intentions, to, Ill, Ill will intentions to take a guy out to finish his career. Right. But to hit him and let him know this is how it's going to be all game. Yeah, it's like, hello. Yeah. Yeah, remember yeah. me. Yeah. Because I'm playing chess the whole time. The first time I hit you uh, to let you know, don't come across the middle. Second time, right. it's like, I told you don't come across That's the middle. Right. Now you're looking at me waiting for the next hit, and I'm picking balls off. So it was a, right. it was a chess match. Right. While you you hesitant to um, avoid a hit, now I'm... I'm trying to pick the ball off and change the whole uh, momentum of a game, right. put the offense back on the field, take the defense off the field, get more rest. Well, that's the thing. Now you've got the physical aspect of it with the strategic aspect of it of, like you say, it's just like playing chess. It's, Let me play with your mind and your body over here, and then I'm going to switch it up on you, and let's see how good you really are. That's football. That's football at its best. you got guys trying to take somebody out you know, and, and ruin their career. That's a whole different level. Yeah, you need to go to uh, MMA and do all that stuff. You're trying to ruin <laughs> some And these guys got to sign waivers. And, uh, right. and I think I'm pretty sure bounties is illegal. So when I say they're illegal in the National Football League, that means guys who got hit a certain way, guys who got hit late and uh, referees didn't call it, they they probably can sue the New Orleans Saints, and then from the New Orleans Saints, they probably can sue the National Football League if Roger Goodell doesn't come down hard on Greg Williams with right. the suspension. I personally think uh, Greg Williams can miss a year. He's a defensive coordinator. He's what uh, Brett. He was what. Uh, he set a pattern. He's been setting that pattern from right. from Buffalo to Washington to New Orleans. He, he's he's I, the word on the street is he a cocky guy. Mm-hmm. Um, I think cocky guys just talk a lot. Confident guys go out there and perform. That's right. Uh, he can, um, he set the tone for these guys. But he, you didn't have, if you're a defensive coordinator and you're that good, and I think Greg Williams is good. Mm. I really do. I met him on one of my visits to New Orleans when I was a free agent. I always knew I wanted to stay mm. with the uh, Arizona Cardinals, but you take those trips. Right. It's, it's all business. But I met the guy. He's a, he's a good defensive coordinator. But you don't have to tell somebody to go out there and take this person out. If, well, if you do, you got job. the wrong person in that position. You, you got to get him out and the next guy in. Special team yeah. guys do it all the time because they have one play to make an impact. Right, exactly. One play, uh, 12 seconds to make an impact. Um, that's why you got special. That's why they say special team guys are crazy. But you have <laughs> one, you have that time and that moment right now to make a play. You are absolutely right. You got the wrong go guy. Yeah. You got the wrong guy on the field if you have to tell him go do this and go do that. Play within the scheme of the defense. You should be already defensive guys. Mentally, they're already more physical. Well, and think about if players are now taking money in order to perform their position. You know, again, whether you call it a bounty or a bonus or whatever you call it, now it's like, well, who else could possibly give you money to play your position harder and take somebody out so that they can win a bet someplace? Good point. Uh, uh, good point. Vegas. You betcha. I, I've watched the game when I was a... Uh, I don't think I was younger. I might have been in college, which means I was younger. Anyway. We <laughs> <laughs> do the math on that. <laughs> there, it was, uh, I watched the San Francisco 49er game. Keena Turner, uh, Jerry Rice, Roger Craig, and uh, uh, Montana, Joe Montana, uh-uh. set out a f- football game. There was nothing wrong with these guys. And all I could think about was somebody paid them to mm, sit out a football game. Right. So it, when you, with this, Emergence of this this information of having bounties and, and if you do this thing for money, what else what would you do for money? Right. What else have you done for money? These guys, all these guys, star players set out. They didn't get hurt in the previous game. 
They just set out that game. Now, it could be a whole lot of things like they had the playoffs locked up. I, my mind doesn't go back that far to right. they what, was going, on. Yeah, yeah. what was going on. But they came back next week, and everybody was healthy and running full speed. Right. So I don't know. <laughs> makes you wonder. It makes me wonder yeah. now that everything is coming up with the bounties, what would you do for money? What have you done for mm-hmm. money? I, I think Greg Williams, the defense coordinator, mm-hmm. who's now with the St. Louis Rams, um, and the St. St. Louis Rams are sitting in a good position because they have Dave McGinnis over there, who is a defense coordinator. Um, he's probably going to coach the linebackers, but now he was a defensive coordinator for the Arizona Cardinals. He was a defensive coordinator for the Tennessee Titans. I think he'll do well in putting things in place until Greg Williams come back, and maybe if they if they have a lot of success defensively in St. Louis, then they may not need him. But Roger Goodell has to. He can stop this right now and not just in the NFL. Because when you see there are guys in college, there are guys in high school, and then literally they watch the National Football League, and then they try to pattern a lot of things. Right, after. they model after those guys. So yeah. they can stop that. They can, they don't, you don't get in high school, you don't go to a high school team or, or be involved with that situation and say, who are we taking out today? Right. You don't, you don't have to play football like that. You can be physical. Be in position. Yeah, and go go with your skills and your talents. If yeah. you've got the talent and the skills and the ability and the strength, you know, mental, physically, emotional strength to do it, go show your skills, man. You know, that's what it's all about is who who really are the better players, not the thugs. Right, yeah, because you – I'll say on my team, I've always liked the team where there was at least four thugs on the team, but – Geniuses, smart thugs. Exactly. Not not a thug that just go like a mercenary. You That's just right. go out and just sacrifice kamikaze, sacrifice your body. Mm-hmm. I need you for the next play too. I want you to be. Physical. Yeah, we got a season. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's like uh, uh, what's the guy? Um, Greg um, Pittsburgh Steelers linebacker. I can't think of his name right now. But this is a guy who they find him hundreds of thousands of dollars. Mm-hmm. I think of his name in a minute, but hundreds and thousands of dollars. Um, for hits that happened instantaneously that he had no control of them. They wasn't planned. They was he didn't plot it out. He right. just happened in the you're moment. You're in the moment. Yeah. He's in the if moment. You're midair and the play other players moving, you don't know where you're gonna end up hitting. Yeah, them. and, and mm-hmm. I probably said on the show a few times, um I got fined seventy five hundred for something I had under control. I mm-hmm. had my hit and tackle under control but because a guy ducked his head, we right. hit him with helmet to helmet. Right. And I don't think anyone should be fine for that if you're taking a look at it. And I go back to the guys who's looking at this film. These guys play football. Merton Hanks is over there watching films. Merton Hanks, who used to play for the San Francisco 49ers, I talked to him when we used to go to play San, the 49ers. He's on the sideline, walking on the sideline. I used to talk to him all the time because, you know, he's one of those good, he was one of those guys that you, you know, you enjoy watching. But he's watching these films and he's punishing the guys uh, for stuff they can't control. Right. And I, and I really had a problem with them. I'm like, if you're watching the film, my head stayed up because you have to see everything you're hitting, but the receiver ducked his head right, once he you, knew yeah. I was coming. Right, and you have no control over I that. I had no control over that. Here's the other thing I look at, too, is you can talk about the money, and you know, from what I've read that you know, the, the money went up, you know, $1,500, $1,000, couple thousand dollars, whatever, based on you know, is the guy going to get carted out or is the guy just going to get hit hard? Yeah. You're going to knock him, you know, knock him out. Um, I'm wondering what it's like in the locker room. Because it's not about the money. When you're talking, you know, thousand, fifteen hundred, two thousand dollars to mm-hmm. guys that are making millions, mm-hmm. that's somewhat pocket change. Right. 
it's really about the emotional aspect. It goes back to, you know, you got to belong. Right. You know, if, every, if three of the guys in the locker room and they're your lead guys that are saying, here's what we're going to do and rah, rah, rah and all that kind of stuff, then the other guys are going to join in because they don't want to be the ones left out. I be, and it is, and that's that peer pressure and stuff. It yeah. becomes a problem when you get together and you talk about it. It, it becomes a problem. Um, I don't know how I feel one way or another, but with the bounties because I think you're supposed to play that way anyway but why you have to get together and talk about it and two thousand give me two thousand dollars for what I was going to do that anyway right. to this guy I was planning on do this but not finish his career I don't want I've never said since I could remember and playing any sport baseball uh, track football said I'm going to finish this guy's career right here that, right. that never entered my body or my mind that's, that just don't make sense to say or do so when you get together and you plot this out, it becomes illegal now. Right. Yeah, I can see the rallying in the locker room about, you know, who's going to be the first one to, you know, tackle somebody or to oh, or do, do, do all that, that kind of stuff. Yeah. I mean, that's normal. That's, t- you know, testosterone. That's part of competitive games. I mean, you can do that on the golf course. You right. start, start placing bets on stuff, but it's not hurting somebody to where it's career ending. Exactly. Play I, the game hard. Play it like that, it's meant to that's be. That's definitely one of the things I did do was... uh. I tried to set the tone. First play, I wanted to make the first hit. I, if, you, if it was a pass, I want to get around the ball. That's but right. But that was not like, I'm going to finish this guy off. I'm gonna get a t-. Now, we talk about TV timeouts. But that's right. not, we like, <laughs> me and some other guys, we say, okay, we need a TV timeout. Somebody hit somebody real hard. <laughs> not take a guy out. Right. I remember the first time I saw professional basketball. Mm-hmm. And uh, during the final play right before commercial you could see you know i'm in there in person and you could see guys going down and then they'd start locking legs so the players couldn't get up and i'm like what the hell are they doing 888-346-9144 we got down and dirty with deborah coming up stay tuned call in join the show Internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Spin it with Chuck Foreman has a spin on so much that's going on. It will be hard to fit it all into the promo. We'll talk about the weekend games, what to look forward to, hot topics in the news. Spin it old school, which gives a back-in-the-day approach from Chuck. A no-spin zone where Chuck gives an unbiased opinion and lets you do the same. Chuck will be taking us around town and around the world with news, happenings, and more. It's football, news, and happenings. Tune in for Spin It with Chuck Foreman. Foreman, Tuesdays at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Channel. Okay, sports fans, here's your opportunity to discuss football, America's favorite sport. On an annual basis, millions of people attend, watch, and listen to football, both pro and college. Ray Ellis Sports, an internet talk radio show, was developed with the fan in mind. Join host, former Philadelphia Eagles and Cleveland Browns strong safety, Ray Ellis, on Voice America Sports every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific for exciting, interactive football discussions from the fans' perspective. Tune in every Tuesday at at 1 p.m. Pacific to Ray Ellis Sports right here on the Voice American Network and let's talk football. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. 
Welcome back to the Quantalized Sports Talk, which is the third segment of the show. It's, it's moving by so fast because we don't be having fun. I, I do like to argue, I, Alex. Nothing here to argue because he because he. <laughs> said, but it's all about the money. As he is, all- <laughs> soon as you said something about you know two thousand dollars and his chump chain, Alex would be he'd have been right on that. He'd have jumped on that. But you know he's he'll look for something to argue about. He just just that guy's he's different. <laughs> you got to be here to play. Yeah, he exactly. He'll he'll waitress. He's doing his wait, waitering job. All right, we got a down dirty with Deborah. You can call in at 888-346-9144. So down and dirty with Deborah. We're going to talk about the secrets to ultimate success. And I'd like you to just imagine. I mean, imagine if any time throughout your day, throughout a game, how your performance would improve if you could actually manage your mind and your emotions under pressure. Because the reality is, you can. You know, any of those times when you're you're upset or, or frustrated or anxious or whatever, you can actually notice it and control it. So what we're going to start today, and we're going to do it over the next several weeks, is we're going to start building your playbook, a playbook that can be applied to any sport, and it can be applied whether you're a pro or a weekend warrior. Think about any sport that you might play how you always know what your strategy is going to be. If you're playing golf, you're going out on the golf course, you know what the conditions are. You're going to know what club you're going to use on what hole and where the hazards are. If you're a football player, you're going to have a playbook. You're going to know exactly what play you're going to run under certain conditions. You're going to study your opponents. You're going to know their strengths and their weaknesses. So why, why in the world, if you were in a competitive situation, wouldn't you have some type of a playbook to know how to manage your mind and emotions so that you could actually control yourself and control your game in a way that you could always be at your ultimate best? So grab a pen and pencil, and we're going to start talking about the unshakable foundation. Step one with any of my players, I don't care if they're a college guy or one of my veterans, we always look at how to get crystal clear on four areas in the assessment. The four areas we're going to look at are going to be your performance goals, your mental and emotional performance goals, your physical conditioning, your behaviors, and your routines. And we're going to just tackle one of those today. In each one of those areas, we look at where are you, where do you want to be, and what's getting in your way. Today's focus is going to be, as I mentioned, on the performance goals. And here's what I'll tell you. If you, excuse the expression, half-ass do this, that's the kind of results you're going to get. If you take it serious and dig deep and actually write down your answers, and I mean really write down your answers to some of the things we're going to talk about today, the results can go beyond what you actually expect that they can be as far as your performance improvement. Performance goals, uh, number one, is always going to be looking at what's the most important goal that you have right now. Now, a goal is something that's got to be very specific. So you can't say something like, well, I want to win more. Well, great, but you don't really have control over that unless you're you know, a golfer, then you're, it's one-on-one. But if you're part of a team sport, you don't necessarily have control over that. So instead, you need to look at How can you chunk that down and break that down of, all right, well, maybe I want more play time. Great. So that's a result. How are you going to get that result? All right, well, maybe I want to be more consistent. All right, so now we're getting better because you've got control over your consistency. And a part of that goal was maybe I want to get more focused. All right, great. So we can work on that. So as you write these goals down, again, get very specific. Chunk them down into what exactly do you want to have. The next thing, the second thing is your why. So if we're talking about, well, I want to get more play time, well, why? Why do you want that? What's the result? Imagine yourself now having more play time. What's the result of that? 
When I dig deep enough with my players, what comes out of it and what gives them the most amount of motivation is going to be something that's at an emotional level. They want more respect. They want to be appreciated. They want to be part of the team. They want something that's going to feed them at an emotional level. It's not going to be money. It's not going to be a car. It's not going to be something that you can put your fingers on. It's going to be something that makes them feel better about themselves. The third thing is, what are you willing to do? And when you look at two areas, what are you willing to give up? One of the things you need to give up is excuses and all the whining and crying about stuff and pointing fingers at other people. You know, I've got a guy that says he wants to lose weight. Well, guess what? You need to get, you know, stop, you know, going by McDonald's every night. <laughs> you know, the guys right now are starting to look at their weight. They're either too thin, not, don't have enough muscle, or they're um, too heavy and they need to lose weight. And either way, these guys can put, you know, the pros that I work with, they can put it on and take it off. They just aren't consistent about it. So we always look at the why behind that, and then what are you willing to give up, and what are you willing to do? Too many people talk about, I'll do anything, and I look at them and start laughing and go, yeah, really? You know, prove it to me. Prove it to me, because what they'll do is what's comfortable. So you need to look at what's going to make you uncomfortable, what are you going to give up, and what are you willing to do? And then the fourth thing is, how are you going to measure that? How are you going to know when you've actually been successful? For some people, it might be, well, I don't worry as much, or I sleep better, or I get more playtime. Whatever it is, look at how are you going to measure success so that you actually know when you're moving closer to and achieving that success. And the fifth point, now there's usually ten areas that I go through, but for this program, we're only going to go through five. The fifth point is going to be what happens if you're unsuccessful? Because we look at, you know, the pleasure and the pain. If you are successful, what's great about that? And if you aren't successful... What's that going to look like? Because some people will move away from pain. Other people will move towards pleasure. Neither one is right or wrong. It's just knowing yourself and knowing that if you don't give up some things and if you don't leverage some of your other skills, what is that going to feel like to you? Because whatever that is, you need to grab, you need to build that into a picture and an emotional charge to it so that you know you want to move away from that. So for now, I'm going to leave it at that. I want you to work on that. Feel free to hit me up on Facebook if you want. Ask some questions. You can go to Deborah, D-E-B-O-R-A-H, Dubree, D-U-B-R-E-E. Out on Facebook, hit me up with any questions, thoughts, or even put out there, you know, what are your goals? You know, what's your why? Or you can hit me up at yourclearedge.com. And uh, next week, we're going to go into the mental and emotional performances, and we're going to look at, you know, what takes you down and what's going to build you up. Deb, let me ask you this. Uh, good segment. Um, the, um, this information, I'm glad you brought it up because I was going to say in this, how long is this segment? This is a two week, three weeks. When and I go because through. Because you, you just mentioned you had ten, uh, ten stages in it. Right. There's 10 questions in that particular aspect. The assessment itself is about five or six pages long of questions. But my athletes don't necessarily uh, like to sit down and just write out a bunch of answers, so I do it with them over the phone. And uh, it'll be an hour hour to 90-minute session that I can really get a baseline for where they are and what's important to them and look at some of their languaging and that, and then uh, we start building a plan on that. And that's what I wanted to ask you, because someone listened to the show uh, right now, and they are here this segment, and they may miss the segment, but mm-hmm. this will be formatted on yourclearedge.com, on your page. Uh, that way you can go back and follow it. But just bits and pieces of it because they really have to talk to you to get the uh, gist of 
everything. Correct. Because whenever I go through it, what I'll do is I'll put the recording from today's show out there. So if mm-hmm. they didn't grab pen and pencil quick enough, they can. Right. Okay. Well, and you've got it on your recording. So if you go to Voice America, the Kwame Lasseter Sports Talk Show, right. you've got the full recording of today. So they can go back and listen to it and then answer these questions. And, and everything you just went through. Mm-hmm. But you really have to... They really need oh, to I, make I a dig, call. Yeah, yeah, I dig deep with these guys. So even something like, um, you know, what's your what's your most important goal in getting specific? Typically, as human beings, we tend to go very general. So when somebody answers it, I start digging. I start asking questions to really get to what they really want to do. I, that's kind of like the guy. I'm a good kicker. You asked him one thing, but you just want to know what he meant. What he meant by exactly. I'm a good kicker, and then he started backtracking on what he's feeling and what his thoughts were, uh, his emotion was about himself being a good kicker. Also, I think uh, one of the key points you made was excuses. What are you going to do to eliminate those excuses? And I always thought excuses was uh, tools of incompetence. So whatever tools you use to build your self-esteem and you're making excuses behind them, you're not really building anything up. You're breaking yourself down even more. You're giving yourself a way out. Well, excuses are a way of masking over what you know that you're not good at in some way, shape, or form, or they're masking over a feeling that you don't want to feel. So when we look at um, what are some of the excuses that are coming up, I'll look at their language patterns. I'll look at their voice tonality when I'm speaking to them over the phone. Um, I'll look at a lot of things of what they're saying, why they're saying it, when are they saying it, and then we say, all right, so what do you want? Mm-hmm. You know, if that's the excuse that you're making, well, I, I don't have enough time. Really? You know, you don't have enough time to play better? You don't have enough time to do what? Well, I don't have enough time to work out. Right. Okay, so how important is it for you to be strong in your position or to have that physical condition? What's well, really important? And we'll just keep digging until we get to the real cause behind it and then we'll build them a uh, a reason why it's important. I think they don't see the, uh, a lot of people don't see the end game when you make excuses. Oh, they, as you just mentioned, they don't understand the uh, what am I not good at? What do right. I want to be good at? And what am I willing to sacrifice? It's not maybe it's sacrificing, uh, but but what am I willing to give up? What's, well, and here's another thing. I had an example where a guy was a uh, kicker for Arena Football League, mm-hmm. and the the Arena Football League changed the ball. They changed the football that everybody was using. Well, he was out on the field working out with his uh, coach, and uh, he made some comments about, you know, this, you know, ball, the shitty ball and all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff doesn't go as far. It's not as accurate and all that. And he kicked a few with, uh, with the old ball, and then he switched over to the new one. And sure enough, it went clear off to the side. And I said, you know, just come here. You know, because his, his head went down, his mm-hmm. body language changed, he's complaining about the ball, and I stood there and looked at him and pointed at the ball, and I went, bad ball, bad ball. Mm-hmm. You know, because he was blaming it on the ball. Well, you can't, if everybody's using that ball, you can't make the excuse because, you know, it's the same ball everyone's using. Well, and he turned around, and once we did about three minutes' worth of work on the field, he, he took that same ball, stepped it off as he narrowly did, mm-hmm. kicked the ball, and it went clear down the field and hit the, in, it hit the building at the end of the practice field. And he turned around and looked at me and went, holy man, that was worth it just yeah. for that. Because he changed his way of thinking. He didn't have to change the ball. Same as I've had guys that don't like a particular club in their bag when they're mm-hmm. playing golf. Change how you're thinking about the club. It's all about you, dude. You know, so I keep telling my guys, it's all about you. We change you, everything else changes. Right. And uh, another thing, take the club out your bag. Why, why have something in there that's going, you think that's holding you back? But, you know, you, most of the guys you talk to, golfers, their stuff is fitted for them. So, it, 
you got to change your thinking to towards your your approach actually towards this shot with this club. And, well, and, and I've also the club's been a good club and it's worked really well for you. And all of a sudden, it stops working. The club hasn't changed its shape or anything else. It's it's you. Same club. So you can put another club in there and it might help for a while. But you go, you know, you got to change how you're thinking about your game. And I, I think. Um, uh, a lot of people with the uh, skin, and I'm, and I'm on the excuses part of it because I think that's important. Uh, you definitely got to go to yourclearedge.com to get more in depth or give Deborah a call. But um, the measure of success, what are you, what what steps are you taking? What steps are you seeing actually uh, when you make these excuses or when you overcoming some of your failures or some of your your um, strongholds? What uh, steps are you take? Do you see when you are measuring this this process? Well, it all goes back to what they feel a measure of success is, and it might. It typically goes back to how they feel about themselves, um, how they how their performance. Mm-hmm. So, depending on the person, their position, and what it is that they want for the goal, then their uh, measurement of success will change accordingly. But I want that measure of success named up front, so that every time that we talk and everything that they do daily, they can say, "Is what I'm doing taking me closer to or further from my measurement of success?" Right, and uh, that's that's uh, one of the key points. And we'll take a break in about 30 seconds. But that's one of the key points I talked with those guys uh, at the camp today. I'm like, mm-hmm. the with, how do you see yourself? Where do you see yourself being? successful I said if you really want to do this actually this is your life so you got to take steps towards it you got to have more tunnel vision you got to say I'm not willing I'm willing to do this I'm not willing to do that and then you can stay focused a lot longer right but and he's with the younger kids but I did talk to some of the older kids on the field but you have to be able to do this if yeah. you want to be successful. Because eventually we break it down to the moment to moment. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, you can manage your performance and your mind and your emotions moment to moment. Then your goal is easy to get to. If you right. make it too big, your mind can't wrap itself around it, and your chances of making it, it ends up being a bunch of excuses. Right. I hear you. That was down and dirty with Deborah on the third segment. We're gonna take a quick break and we're gonna come back. This is Kwame Live Sports Talk, 888-346-9144 if you wanna get in on this last segment, because it goes by fast. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. If you want to talk about the East Coast sports scene, particularly from the Southeast, make sure you tune in to the Jeff Owen Show every Tuesday. Yeah, we'll talk about some of the other teams and news that's out there, but host Jeff Owens and co-host Tasha Humphrey know the inside and out of the Georgia college sports world, and they were born there, raised there, and still live the scene. We'll talk about every sport imaginable. Tune in on Tuesday at 7 p.m. East Coast time, 4 p.m. in the West, on the Voice America Sports Channel. Sports and medicine go hand in hand. Quite simply, if you aren't up to your game health-wise, you won't be up to your game on the field. That's where Bruce the Sports Doc comes in. Dr. Bruce Grossinger uses his medical training and experience to bring you a link between sports and medicine. From the latest advances and treatments to discussion behind the injuries of the week, Bruce the Sports Doc and his team of guest experts are here each week to lay it on the line in terms that you can understand. Tune in every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Hi, 
actually like this last segment. Welcome back to the show. This is Formula Sports Talk. In the studio with Deborah Debris, yourclearedge.com. She has a lot of, uh, what you got, Facebook, Twitter? Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn. Twitter is just uh, Deborah, D-E-B-O-R-A-H underscore Debris, D-U-B-R-E-E. So I'll make it easy. That was, that was Twitter? That was Twitter. Okay. Uh, my Twitter is just at Kwame Lasseter. Same thing. See, it's easy. No underscore, no uh, D-E-B-E. No, <laughs> no. no d- 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 well, most people don't know how to spell my name. Yeah. They spell it D-E-B-R-A, D-E-B-R-A and all that stuff. Or, they spell it how they talk. A lot of, that's a lot, right. A lot of yeah. people do that. And I do, too. And you had to sound it all. That's what the um, young kids, when they first learn how to spell, mm-hmm. uh, and I watch my, my boys, they would like, I spell a word how they sound it out. I say sound it oh, out, yeah. sound it out, and it's how they talk. Like well, Deborah, they, D-E-B-R-A. Yes. It's Deborah. Yeah, yeah. Deborah. Deba, as my friends used to call me, Deba. Did you watch any golf? Tell I did what? watch a little golf. Congratulations to Rory McIlroy. Uh, that guy's on fire. Yeah, he is. That guy's on fire. Yeah, he is. He's been in the top. I mean, he was last week he was at the uh, Centric down in uh, Tucson, uh, came in second, uh, was in the final day of it. Uh, but this guy, he plays golf. For the tw- he's 22 years old. 22 years old, and he's been... Handling the big balls. I don't know if it's the equipment, uh, his motor. What I don't well, know. He's learning rate. how to calm himself and to not fall apart on that final nine. Exactly. Yeah. That, That's um, huge. Because you remember at the Masters, he had it under control. This guy would have mm-hmm. two majors right now, uh, yeah. but he didn't know how to play the game. He he loved the game. He didn't know how to play the game at that level on Sunday. Now I'm not saying McIlroy can't golf. He had to, he had to destroy me. Um, well, there's okay. a different. It goes back to the same comment we made earlier: is you can have the skills, but if you don't, if you can't manage your game mentally and emotionally, you're SOL. Yeah. There's actually an article out on my website too about Rory uh, that I wrote whenever he went into the dumpster and then turned around a week or two weeks later and won, uh, giving some comparisons as to why I felt that he won the second time around. Did you see him um, uh, as of yesterday? He was playing tennis with his girlfriend. He was. He can actually. Yeah, he can actually play tennis. <laughs> He, he got to play, but he's got he's some skills. Twenty-two year old, that was an athlete. He probably could do whatever he wants to. Yeah. He's just gonna be so marketable that I mean, he's gonna have a whole his whole world has already changed anyway. Yeah. Just being one of those uh, phenoms at at a young age, and then they keep comparing him to Tiger Woods, mm-hmm. and, and rightfully so. Tiger Woods at a young age was the guy. He was beating absolutely. His but uh, hopefully, and I, I like to see Roy still in the path, but you don't know what, what goes on in people's lives and what happened, what changed them. Maybe they had to pause. We didn't, we didn't see uh, Tiger Woods getting to we that point. We didn't see any of that see happening. That coming, no. But it's life. These guys still have to mm-hmm. deal with life. Um, and there's so much travel and, and pressure and everything else, being away from home exactly. and family, and there's a lot that goes on. But the good thing about it, he has a girlfriend. Well, Tiger had a wife, so. Yeah, <laughs> it's do they travel with you and all yeah. that? Yeah, but no, that was good. As soon as he when he won the Honda Classic, and that was a golf course I played on. I just these guys just yeah. killed the bear yeah. trap. Well, the thing is, Rory is starting to build what Tiger had, which was an intimidation factor. Yeah, where Rory's starting, you know, people are starting to look at him and realize that he's he's someone to reckon with. Yeah, he's gonna be. I don't. I don't. That that Tiger was that proud. That Sunday. Mm-hmm. I think most of Tiger Woods' intimidation was, and then obviously he was a great golfer. He's still a great golfer. Absolutely. Just going through some stuff. He shot his best round ever in the final uh, round of golf in his life, which was a 62. Came from seventh place, from 15th to seventh right. to number two, tying for second place at the Honda Classic. But I think his, his intimidation factory factor was, you know, the crowd that follows him. Guys are not ready for that. Guys that beat Tiger say, I can't believe it. I'm like, you're a professional, too. You are actually a good golfer. That's why you're there on the last day with Tiger, uh, because you put the numbers up to be there. But they 
they can't realize I beat Tiger. And ever since Y.E. Yang did it and, yes. and the final round took Tiger down, um, you know, guys thought that, that They pressure, start to realize that it's possible. It's possible. But once you realize it's possible, then more and more guys are capable of doing it. It's right. like anything in sports or in business or whatever else. Once somebody breaks through that barrier that you know it's possible, then it's like, well, shoot, if they can do it, I could do it. Right. Yeah. And, and it's so much money in golf. Look, this second place guys, these... Tiger and um, this Gilroy, I think, I think it was last name, but they tied for second. Both of them got five hundred something thousand dollars. That was second place. Tied yeah, for exactly. second. So imagine what Rory got. But that doesn't even count for the endorsements that this guy's about to uh, be bombarded with. And and you don't want to be like a race car driver, have a bunch of stickers on, or like John Daly. <laughs> and uh, I need to get Sherry Daly in here, his wife. You missed that show. It was uh, yeah, I did. She was on fire. But <laughs> but you don't want to have a bunch of stuff on. You know, just get your your logo, the Adidas who sponsor you right. or the Nike. But I think he's sponsored by Oakley because I see the Oakley mm-hmm. shirts. Uh, what ends up on their bags and their their what they're wearing, their hats and everything else yeah. that they get. I, I and there's a lot of expense to that too, with all the travel that they have to do in that. So I mean, it may sound like big money, but mm-hmm. it's a lot of expenses to go along with it. So the endorsements go a long way to paying the uh, bills. Exactly, because if I'm endorsing you, I want you at my dinner as uh, soon as you are free. I'm right. giving you hundreds of thousands of dollars. I want you at my dinner when we have this big company event. I right. Want, uh, you got to sign them. It's like the NFL signs a contract. We sign. They sign contracts now. That uh, you have to make ten appearance, appearances in right. your um, in this contract. Right. Um, well, that's just like going over to the Northern Trust with Andy Walker when he was there on an exemption. There were certain things that he had to do while he was there that he's like, man, you know, I got to do right. this, but I, I really need to be out at the range yeah. or I need to be at this place or that place. But it was some distractions and interruptions, but it was necessary. And it is distractions because these guys can't go like he wanted to go, the Andy Trust, uh, Northern Trust. I'm sorry. Right. He can't go early because it's something he has to do that week. It's always something you have to do leading up to that week. So you right. can't go early. You gotta, you know, you gotta make these Wednesdays practice rounds. Mm. You know, you have to make these. Uh, well, there's all media uh, interviews. Right, there's dinners in the evening. There's you know different. You things. have to do that, so you can't really practice. So you got to be able to figure all this out on the course for four days, and right. hopefully. Your two, your first two days are good enough to get you into the the uh, Saturday, which is moving day, and right. then Sunday where you can make some money. Uh, but yeah, it, it is it's a hectic schedule. These guys on the go, the endurance level. Uh, right. I know. I know. Rory asked uh, Tiger, and I heard this on a uh, interview. Um, how should he lift weights? Should he stay in shape? And, and a lot of people tell tell Rory, you know, you shouldn't do all that. You you're playing good golf right now, but the endurance factor as you get older. And then Tiger, we watched Tiger one time get. Real big. Oh, I he thought, was buff. Yeah. I thought that messed his game up. He got too buff. Mm. Stay more lean than anything. Stay more, you know, fix your core work up because that's what you're doing a lot of turning in. Right. Uh, t- well, there's specialists too that work. Mm-hmm. In fact, I know a couple of them that work strictly on how you need to build your body for the game of golf. Right. What muscles are you going to use? How do you get the flexibility and those type of things? That is true because when I picked up golf and I was still playing football, I think I was in my final years of football, I was, um, but I still had to lift weights, so I was getting bigger. And then right. I go out there to play golf. My my aggression got a little bit more. You don't play golf with that type of aggression. Right. You play golf. Well, you guys, do. You just don't do it well. Yeah, you, you, can, you don't do it well, exactly. Because <laughs> a lot of football guys think they can play golf, but they go out there and try to swing hard as they could at a ball. You don't. The, the harder you swing, and if you do make contact, it's probably going right or left, and it doesn't go as far. Right. You make smooth uh, transitional swings and and that impact. But when I was lifting weights, I, I couldn't play golf at a 
at a high level that I wanted to play or that I've played in in the past. But it, plus, you look at we talk. You, you mentioned too the resiliency of going for you know four days if mm-hmm. you get through the whole thing, the seventy-two holes, and yeah. anytime stress kicks in, it knocks your resilience out. You know that that pressure. It's like having your um, your foot on the gas and your foot on the brake at the same time. It's that uh, 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 that goes on when you're stressed and then you relax and you're stressed and you relax. So right. you've got to learn how to manage that as well. I still see Rory a, a tidbit uh, stress on Sundays, and why not? I mean, Sundays, you know, you in position when you get a two-stroke lead. It's gonna how, happen. How, how do you not? Yeah. How do you play? You may pause, or you just look at the leaderboard. May I think the caddies are very important, and we got only about a minute and a half mm. to, to break. But caddies are very important to keep you in that moment right there. Uh, Roy was in trouble for the last five holes. He was in trouble. Got himself out of trouble. Made pause. Right. That was outstanding. When you know that Roy, oh in your yeah, you heard was, it was yeah. coming from Tiger. Yeah. On a par five that you know. No, nobody makes a roar for a birdie on a par five. You, you right. should make that birdie um, more times than not mm-hmm. if you those top level guys. But they, he knew that was for eagle. He right. knew guys were he was inching up to him. So Tiger still got that factor because for one of the things I said was the crowd, the roaring. Right. The, the, uh, well, I looked at his body language, and you could see his face and that fist pump and everything else that yeah. he did. He had his colors on. He had the that whole thing going. That he, yeah, it was. It was. It was a, a snapshot of the old Tiger. Yeah, that was good to see. Um, but, but I think Rory, the more times he's in that position, the more times anybody in that position, you overcome it. If you keep fearing, you can well, play Monday through. You can play uh, Thursday through Saturday, but right. Sunday is the game day. Yeah, Rory's building his own foundation, his unshakable foundation right. of I've done it, I've done it, I've done it, which tells him the next time it comes up, hey, I can, right. I can do this. I think all the time we gotta go, but I think all the top athletes do that because I, I know um, you say I've been here before. Let's just get it done. That's right. Yeah. All right, this is a good show. Deborah DeBree, Down and Dirty with Deborah. Third segment was good. Check out her, um, check out her, out all her sites, the uh, com. Check her at Twitter, her Facebook. Facebook. This is Quam Live Sports Talk. Good thing Alex wasn't here today. We had a great show. Uh, <laughs> we will see you back. Bring food next week. Yeah, Alex. Kenya Simone will be on next week. Uh, hopefully she had a meeting to be in. Quam uh, Live Sports Talk. We'll see you guys next week. for tuning in this week. Come back next Tuesday at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time for another edition of Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network.